Chapter 37 of Astoria, or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Departure from Snake River, Mountains to the North, Wayworn Travelers, An Increase of the Dorian Family, A Camp of Shoshones, A New Year Festival Among the Snakes, A Wintry March Through the Mountains, A Sunny Prospect, and Milder Climate indian horse tracks grassy valleys a camp of skyatogas joy of the travellers dangers of abundance habits of the skyatogas fate of carriere the umatilla arrival at the banks of the columbia tidings of the scattered members of the expedition scenery on the columbia tidings of astoria arrival at the falls on the twenty fourth of december all things being arranged mr hunt turned his back upon the disastrous banks of snake river and struck his course westward for the mountains his party being augmented by the late followers of mr crooks amounted now to thirty-two white men three indians and the squaw and two children of pierre dorian five jaded half-starved horses were laden with their luggage and in case of need were to furnish them with provisions they travelled painfully about fourteen miles a day over plains and among hills rendered dreary by occasional falls of snow and rain their only sustenance was a scanty meal of horse-flesh once in four-and-twenty hours on the third day the poor canadian carriere one of the famished party of mr crooks gave up in despair and laying down upon the ground declared he could go no further efforts were made to cheer him up but it was found that the poor fellow was absolutely exhausted and could not keep on his legs he was mounted therefore upon one of the horses though the forlorn animal was in little better plight than himself on the twenty-eighth they came upon a small stream winding to the north through a fine level valley the mountains receding on each side here their indian friends pointed out a chain of woody mountains to the left running north and south and covered with snow over which they would have to pass they kept along the valley for twenty-one miles on the twenty-ninth suffering much from a continued fall of snow and rain and being twice obliged to ford the icy stream early in the following morning the squaw of pierre dorian who had hitherto kept on without murmuring or flinching was suddenly taken in labor and enriched her husband with another child as the fortitude and good conduct of the poor woman had gained for her the good will of the party her situation caused concern and perplexity pierre however treated the matter as an occurrence that could soon be arranged and need cause no delay he remained by his wife in the camp with his other children and his horse and promised soon to rejoin the main body who proceeded on their march finding that the little river entered the mountains they abandoned it and turned off for a few miles among hills here another canadian named la bonte gave out and had to be helped on horseback as the horse was too weak to bear both him and his pack mr hunt took the latter upon his own shoulders thus with difficulties augmenting at every step they urged their toilsome way among the hills 
half famished and faint at heart when they came to where a fair valley spread out before them of great extent and several leagues in width with a beautiful stream meandering through it a genial climate seemed to prevail here for though the snow lay upon all the mountains within sight there was none to be seen in the valley the travellers gazed with delight upon this serene sunny landscape but their joy was complete on beholding six lodges of shoshones pitched upon the borders of the stream with a number of horses and dogs about them they all pressed forward with eagerness and soon reached the camp here their first attention was to obtain provisions a rifle an old musket a tomahawk a tin kettle and a small quantity of ammunition soon procured them four horses three dogs and some roots part of the livestock was immediately killed cooked with all expedition and as promptly devoured a hearty meal restored every one to good spirits in the course of the following morning the dorian family made its reappearance pierre came trudging in the advance followed by his valued though skeleton steed on which was mounted his squaw with her new-born infant in her arms and her boy of two years old wrapped in a blanket and slung at her side the mother looked as unconcerned as if nothing had happened to her so easy is nature in her operations in the wilderness when free from the enfeebling refinements of luxury and the tamperings and appliances of art the next morning ushered in the new year eighteen twelve mr hunt was about to resume his march when his men requested permission to celebrate the day this was particularly urged by the canadian voyageurs with whom new year's day is a favorite festival and who never willingly give up a holiday under any circumstances there was no resisting such an application so the day was passed in repose and revelry the poor canadians contrived to sing and dance in defiance of all their hardships and there was a sumptuous new year's banquet of dog's meat and horseflesh after two days of welcome rest the travellers addressed themselves once more to the painful journey the indians of the lodges pointed out a distant gap through which they must pass in traversing the ridge of mountains they assured them that they would be but little incommoded by snow and in three days would arrive among the skyatogas mr hunt however had been so frequently deceived by indian accounts of routes and distances that he gave but little faith to this information the travellers continued their course due west for five days crossing the valley and entering the mountains here the travelling became excessively toilsome across rough stony ridges and amidst fallen trees they were often knee-deep in snow and sometimes in the hollows between the ridges sank up to their waists the weather was extremely cold the sky covered with clouds so that for days they had not a glimpse of the sun in traversing the highest ridge they had a wide but chilling prospect over a wilderness of snowy mountains on the sixth of january however they had crossed the dividing summit of the chain and were evidently under the influence of a milder climate the snow began to decrease the sun once more emerged from the thick canopy of clouds and shone cheeringly upon them and they caught a sight of what appeared to be a plain stretching out in the west 
they hailed it as the poor israelites hailed the first glimpse of the promised land for they flattered themselves that this might be the great plain of the columbia and that their painful pilgrimage might be drawing to a close it was now five days since they had left the lodges of the shoshones during which they had come about sixty miles and their guide assured them that in the course of the next day they would see the skyatogas on the following morning therefore they pushed forward with eagerness and soon fell upon a stream which led them through a deep narrow defile between stupendous ridges here among the rocks and precipices they saw gangs of that mountain-loving animal the black-tailed deer and came to where great tracks of horses were to be seen in all directions made by the indian hunters the snow had entirely disappeared and the hopes of soon coming upon some indian encampment induced mr hunt to press on many of the men however were so enfeebled that they could not keep up with the main body but lagged at intervals behind and some of them did not arrive at the night encampment in the course of this day's march the recently born child of pierre dorion died the march was resumed early the next morning without waiting for the stragglers the stream which they had followed throughout the preceding day was now swollen by the influx of another river the declivities of the hills were green and the valleys were clothed with grass at length the jovial cry was given of an indian camp it was yet in the distance in the bosom of the green valley but they could perceive that it consisted of numerous lodges and that hundreds of horses were grazing the grassy meadows around it the prospect of abundance of horse-flesh diffused universal joy for by this time the whole stock of travelling provisions was reduced to the skeleton steed of pierre dorion and another wretched animal equally emaciated that had been repeatedly reprieved during the journey a forced march soon brought the weary and hungry travellers to the camp it proved to be a strong party of skyatogas and touchepas there were thirty-four lodges comfortably constructed of mats the indians too were better clothed than any of the wandering bands they had hitherto met on this side of the rocky mountains indeed they were as well clad as the generality of the wild hunter tribes each had a good buffalo or deerskin robe and a deerskin hunting shirt and leggings upwards of two thousand horses were ranging the pastures around their encampment but what delighted mr hunt was on entering the lodges to behold brass kettles axes copper tea kettles and various other articles of civilized manufacture which showed that these indians had an indirect communication with the people of the sea-coast who traded with the whites he made eager inquiries of the skyatogas and gathered from them that the great river the columbia was but two days march distant and that several white people had recently descended it who he hoped might prove to be mcclellan mackenzie and their companions it was with the utmost joy and the most profound gratitude to heaven that mr hunt found himself and his band of weary and famishing wanderers thus safely extricated from the most perilous part of their long journey and within the prospect of a termination of their toils all the stragglers who had lagged behind arrived one after another 
excepting the poor canadian voyageur carrier he had been seen late in the preceding afternoon riding behind a snake indian near some lodges of that nation a few miles distant from the last night's encampment and it was expected that he would soon make his appearance the first object of mr hunt was to obtain provisions for his men a little venison of an indifferent quantity and some roots were all that could be procured that evening but the next day he succeeded in purchasing a mare and colt which were immediately killed and the cravings of the half-starved people in some degree appeased for several days they remained in the neighborhood of these indians reposing after all their hardships and feasting upon horse-flesh and roots obtained in subsequent traffic many of the people ate to such excess as to render themselves sick others were lame from their past journey but all gradually recruited in the repose and abundance of the valley horses were obtained here much more readily and at a cheaper rate than among the snakes a blanket a knife or a half pound of blue beads would purchase a steed and at this rate many of the men bought horses for their individual use this tribe of indians who are represented as a proud spirited race and uncommonly cleanly never eat horses or dogs nor would they permit the raw flesh of either to be brought into their huts they had a small quantity of venison in each lodge but set so high a price upon it that the white men in their impoverished state could not afford to purchase it they hunted the deer on horseback ringing or surrounding them and running them down in a circle they were admirable horsemen and their weapons were bows and arrows which they managed with great dexterity they were altogether primitive in their habits and seemed to cling to the usages of savage life even when possessed of the aids of civilization they had axes among them yet they generally made use of a stone mallet wrought into the shape of a bottle and wedges of elkhorn in splitting their wood though they might have two or three brass kettles hanging in their lodges yet they would frequently use vessels made of willow for carrying water and would even boil their meat in them by means of hot stones their women wore caps of willow neatly worked and figured as carrier the canadian straggler did not make his appearance for two or three days after the encampment in the valley two men were sent out on horseback in search of him they returned however without success the lodges of the snake indians near which he had been seen were removed and they could find no trace of him several days more elapsed yet nothing was seen or heard of him or the snake horseman behind whom he had been last observed it was feared therefore that he had either perished through hunger and fatigue had been murdered by the indians or being left to himself had mistaken some hunting tracks for the trail of the party and been led astray and lost the river on the banks of which they were encamped emptied into the columbia and was called by the natives the uotala or umatilla and abounded with beaver in the course of their sojourn in the valley which it watered they twice shifted their camp proceeding about thirty miles down its course which was to the west a heavy fall of rain caused the river to overflow its banks dislodged them from their encampment and drowned three of their horses which were tethered in the low ground 
further conversation with the indians satisfied them that they were in the neighborhood of the columbia the number of the white men who they said passed down the river agreed with that of mcclellan mackenzie and their companions and increased the hope of mr hunt that they might have passed through the wilderness with safety these indians had a vague story that white men were coming to trade among them and they often spoke of the two great men named kikush and jacquin who gave them tobacco and smoked with them jacquin they said had a house somewhere upon the great river some of the canadians supposed they were speaking of one jacquin finley a clerk of the northwest company and inferred that the house must be some trading post on one of the tributary streams of the columbia the indians were overjoyed when they found this band of white men intended to return and trade with them they promised to use all diligence in collecting quantities of beaver skins and no doubt proceeded to make deadly war upon that sagacious but ill-fated animal who in general lived in peaceful insignificance among his indian neighbors before the intrusion of the white trader on the twentieth of january mr hunt took leave of these friendly indians and of the river on which they encamped and continued westward at length on the following day the way-worn travellers lifted up their eyes and beheld before them the long-sought waters of the columbia the sight was hailed with as much transport as if they had already reached the end of their pilgrimage nor can we wonder at their joy two hundred and forty miles had they marched through wintry wastes and rugged mountains since leaving snake river and six months of perilous wayfaring had they experienced since their departure from the Arikra village on the missouri their whole route by land and water from that point had been according to their computation seventeen hundred and fifty-one miles in the course of which they had endured all kinds of hardships in fact the necessity of avoiding the dangerous country of the blackfeet had obliged them to make a bend to the south and traverse a great additional extent of unknown wilderness the place where they struck the columbia was some distance below the junction of its two great branches lewis and clark rivers and not far from the influx of the walla walla it was a beautiful stream three-quarters of a mile wide totally free from trees bordered in some places with steep rocks in others with pebbled shores on the banks of the columbia they found a miserable horde of indians called akai cheese with no clothing but a scanty mantle of the skins of animals and sometimes a pair of sleeves of wolf skin their lodges were shaped like a tent and very light and warm being covered with mats and rushes besides which they had excavations in the ground lined with mats and occupied by the women who were even more slightly clad than the men these people subsisted chiefly by fishing having canoes of a rude construction being merely the trunks of pine trees split and hollowed out by fire their lodges were well stored with dried salmon and they had great quantities of fresh salmon trout of an excellent flavor taken at the mouth of the umatilla of which the travellers obtained a most acceptable supply 
finding that the road was on the north side of the river mr hunt crossed and continued five or six days travelling rather slowly down along its banks being much delayed by the straying of the horses and the attempts made by the indians to steal them they frequently passed lodges where they obtained fish and dogs at one place the natives had just returned from hunting and had brought back a large quantity of elk and deer meat but asked so high a price for it as to be beyond the funds of the travellers so they had to content themselves with dog's flesh they had by this time however come to consider it very choice food superior to horse-flesh and the minutes of the expedition speak rather exultingly now and then of their having made a famous repast where this viand happened to be unusually plenty they again learnt tidings of some of the scattered members of the expedition supposed to be mackenzie mcclellan and their men who had preceded them down the river and had overturned one of their canoes by which they lost many articles all these floating pieces of intelligence of their fellow adventurers who had separated from them in the heart of the wilderness they received with eager interest the weather continued to be temperate marking the superior softness of the climate on this side of the mountains for a great part of the time the days were delightfully mild and clear like the serene days of october on the atlantic borders the country in general in the neighbourhood of the river was a continual plain low near the water but rising gradually destitute of trees and almost without shrubs or plants of any kind excepting a few willow bushes after travelling about sixty miles they came to where the country became very hilly and the river made its way between rocky banks and down numerous rapids the indians in this vicinity were better clad and altogether in more prosperous condition than those above and as mr hunt thought showed their consciousness of ease by something like sauciness of manner thus prosperity is apt to produce arrogance in savage as well as in civilized life in both conditions man is an animal that will not bear pampering from these people mr hunt for the first time received vague but deeply interesting intelligence of that part of the enterprise which had proceeded by sea to the mouth of the columbia the Indians spoke of a number of white men who had built a large house at the mouth of the great river and surrounded it with palisades none of them had been down to astoria themselves but rumors spread widely and rapidly from mouth to mouth among the indian tribes and are carried to the heart of the interior by hunting parties and migratory hordes the establishment of a trading emporium at such a point also was calculated to cause a sensation to the most remote parts of the vast wilderness beyond the mountains it in a manner struck the pulse of the great vital river and vibrated up all its tributary streams it is surprising to notice how well this remote tribe of savages had learnt through intermediate gossips the private feelings of the colonists at astoria it shows that indians are not the incurious and indifferent observers that they have been represented they told mr hunt that the white people at the large house had been looking anxiously for many of their friends whom they had expected to descend the great river and had been in much affliction fearing that they were lost 
now however the arrival of him and his party would wipe away all their tears and they would dance and sing for joy on the thirty first of january mr hunt arrived at the falls of the columbia and encamped at the village of the wishram situated at the head of that dangerous pass of the river called the long narrows End of chapter thirty seven